welcome back to the Pain Week 48 of the Doctor of Day, the Doctor Who Podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wife, Peter. Hi. Today we're going to talk about episode 3 of The Sunmakers. <laughs> As the uh, cart of guards is coming down the hallway, and Leela warns the others to keep still and make them think that they're not going to fight the guards and then she tells K-9 to go hide and as the the guards get off their little cart and come towards them she sticks K-9 on them and she shoots he shoots one of them down and then the other one comes and he shoots that one too and if they would both been at the same time they might have been just lost so they're down. Leela tells them to grab the guns and then they decide to take the cart and they pop K-9 on the back and go off to drive. Um, Leela's trying to drive and she ends up going in reverse so Bisham says, well, how about I take the wheel? So she heads over and sits in the gun position. And so has a... a Traveling down the hall, um, Leela shoots the, fires the weapon on the cart, and then they encounter more guards trying to set up a road, a roadblock kind of, uh, blocking their way, and so Leela shoots them some more too, so they can get through, and as she stands up to fire some more, one of the guards shoots and hits her, and she falls off the cart but there are more guards coming and they're not able to to get to her, so Bisham and Cordo, a.k.a. Nine, um, continue on their way on the cart. Mandrel is, um, n- does not trust the doctor and is getting money from the gatherer and threatens the doctor, it knocks him, hits him in the stomach, knocks him into a chair, and then they restrain him and say, Again, I'll ask you, you know, how did, why did you get this money, and what, what's your deal with the gatherer? And he threatens the doctor with a branding iron type thing. Um, doctor is his usual flippant self, um, faced with the violence of, of Mandrill. Um, but just as the doctor pushes the brand away, um, Bisham and Cordo return and interrupt the, the violent proceedings and the doctor says it's about time but where's Leela? So we see Leela is in the correction center in a um, another straight jacket like the doctor and Bisham were in and she's unconscious um, she, and being examined and they notice that she's not um, tattooed like all of the, the workers are when they're born. Um, the collector finds that kind of unusual, but he says to, to um, monitor her medications and bring her to him when she's awake. The doctor is now rejoined with Bisham and Cordo, and they are talking to um, them about 
fighting back against this company and the shim says how the PCM the the gas the the that affects everyone all the workers is the key to their success um, they could take over the main control um, Mandrel at this point says that how he was worked in the controlling offices and he tells his men that you know well yeah let's fight and um, let's go with the doctor's plan Cordo's very excited it's like we could take over we could become a company um, the doctor tells him about the um, round units on the walls of the down to the underground and they think it's just not to let light in or something like that and he says no these are ocular units to that are with cables running up to the surface and they're like he doesn't really call them cameras but I think he means they're you know cameras monitors of some point some kind um, Gordo goes off uh, under doctor's instruction to carefully but um, uh, to unplug them so they're not functioning Leela is brought to the collector and questions her and she says no she's not from there she's from she's a warrior of the Sevateen and he has his computer his, his researcher look up um, saying doesn't find an, a, an entry for Sevateen and uh, then he he asks her more and she says that um, she came there with the doctor in the TARDIS and he is a time lord and um, the researcher says that oh she's from she's a Tellurian she's of earth and um, the collector has him look up time lord and Gallifrey after he has Leela taken away <coughs> Because after all, she's still a a violent offender who attacked the com the collector's company. So the the doctor and, and others are talking more, uh, rallying against the company, um, and the doctor asks, "Well, what is this company? Who who runs it, and what's it for?" Well, the company is for profit. Well, who gets the profit? Well, I don't know. Nobody knows. It just you know. It's like well, maybe. You need to find the answers to those questions, the doctor says. So the doctor incites them to go to the general population and talk to others and enlist more of the workers to fight and to join their cause. The uh, gatherer and the collector are talking. Um, Hayes tells the collector that the doctor is the, the leader of this rebellion that he... Um, was uh, warned the collector about why he wanted the extra men and the collector says no he's a time lord and he's lost he got here by accident he's not the rebel leader that you're that you're looking for um, he says but he could be trouble because he has this long history of revolution and interference generally um, the collector then says how he will offer a reward for 
his whereabouts for his arrest and says that um, Gavin Hayde will be putting up the money for it from his own account. He pl further plans that Leela is to be executed, publicly executed, and um, they'll have a paid admission for this execution and then enforce unpaid holiday time for those to attend. His older workers will be overjoyed with your generosity, Gatherer said. So they say that they were also set to watch the subway entrances exits because the collector's analysis says that the doctor will try to rescue Leela and that then they will end up having both of them for this demon, he says. <clears throat> the doctor, Cordo, and Bisham are um, in the hallways, and Cordo has disabled one of the oculi. Um, the doctor then walks past it and does some other controls to it, and they set a static loop of him walking back and forth, so this monitor will only show that. Leela is back in their confinement and being suspended by her straitjacket. The it appears to be the executioner, I think, comes in to visit her and um, she talks bravely to him and he says, Well, you know Well, we haven't had a public steaming for a long time. She's steaming. What a steaming. So Marin finds, um, through the doctor's tracker, finds out where the doctor is, picks him up on the monitor, informs Hade. Um, Hade then insists that, oh, call off everybody. I'm going there. I'll arrest him myself because he wants to not have to pay the, the, the reward because he wouldn't be paying it to himself. Um, so they have a uh, but then they have an announcement show on the video monitors that the doctor has been announced as a wanted criminal and 5,000 credits, um, dead or alive, to turn him in. And as a, we see a worker watching the screen, um, we then see that we pan out that the doctor's standing right next to him and says, 5,000, that's an insult. And the man looks at him and looks again, like, hey. <laughs> But then as he turns around, this worker who is in the control area finds that he and his colleagues have been surrounded by the doctor and uh, his other revolutionaries, Mandrel, Cordo, and Bisham. The, um, one, of the uh, one controller who the doctor had talked to is called Singe. And Singe recognizes Mandrel, who they used to be co-workers, it seems. Um, Mandrel helps them to find the proper controls and change the vapor settings so that they can start or start, start or stop the, the PCM that they had been um, pumping out to them. Hade and Marn get to the hallway and find that the doctor is not there but the sensors say he should be there. The Oculus says he should be there walking back and forth. So she does a scan and finds that the doctor has interfered with the 
with the monitor and that it's leaking and that I don't know where he is. So as they are in the control room working on the controls and resetting things on the video, Lulu's execution is announced. They, uh, Bisham and Cordo see it and they don't want to tell the doctor because he would, there's, they know he's going to go nuts. So, but the doctor is, does see it and asks what happens and what is esteeming and they say how it's a, they put them in a chamber and it's underneath the very control room that they're in and of course the water tanks and difference in pressure and, and heat is of course going to cause steam to flood the chamber that she's in and steam her alive. The doctor scrambles in to find a way to stop the execution. How can he, you know, change the the pressure? How could he, just for a couple seconds, just enough to get her out, just to, you know, do this, do that. And so they say, well, you'd have to crawl through this access to, um, vent right over here, but that would, you know, be suicide. And Canine listens to all this, and Canine offers that he would hold up better to the, the steam and the in the vent and that type of environment. So he offers to go in the vent, in place of the doctor or ahead of at least, and able to then blast the valve on the inside of the chamber, so then the, the doctor could come in after and grab Lulu, and they could all escape. So the execution is um, heating up and it's getting ready. Um, Lulu's been locked into the, the capsule, the, the chamber, and rolled into place while the collector and the gatherer are waiting in their prime seats, but they're disappointed in the turnout for this public execution. And they bemoan this while the doctor heads in after canine so that he can carry Lula out. They warn him that you have just two minutes before, I guess, before the pressure gets to the, um, the highest point and he wouldn't be able to help her. They see Lula in her steam chamber lying there and hear steam starting to hiss on a vent. So poor Leela is going to be like uh, clothes in an iron. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Gone to the dry kind cleaners. Of pressure, at least. <laughs> yeah, a steam kettle, I guess. We get the first yeah. evidence that. Canine's nose gun doesn't care what direction it's actually pointed in. <laughs> like I said, well, if both of the guards would have gotten off of the cart at the same time and advanced to him, he would have just been lost, not sure where to fire, which one to shoot at first. Because you know they would have had to stand still and wait for him to shoot him. Oh, yeah. 
thought that was hilarious when I had to put him on the back of the cart before they went away. Because there's no way he was keeping up with the cart. I said, but you know how it is. If he's a dog, he'd love to have a breeze blowing in his face. <laughs> but the cart can't go very fast either. So that's not happening. No, in fact, it's pretty obvious that the guys <laughs> chasing it were having to work really hard not to catch up. <laughs> yeah, they're really working hard not to chase it because they would have overtaken them easily. Yeah, so, very easily. Yeah, it's terrible on a cart thing because it's padded. You can tell it's padded. Yeah, that armor. doesn't help it's it. It's padded. Yeah, that doesn't make it look any more official or any or threatening at all. Mm -mm. No, no. And then it's interesting how um, well how quickly um, Mandrel turns and decides to follow the doctor now. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that turn myself. I mean, within the two minutes, he's holding the, well, supposed to be a red-hot poker to the doctor's face, which looked like a black rod with a piece of pink, pla very hot pink plastic stuck on the end. Didn't look like it was a burning ember. But I know that's what they're going for. It looked more like a toy. Um. So it goes from that to the doctor saying, well, we should just fight back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost pretty much what it came to. And his men are even saying, well, it kind of sounds like you want to fight with him. Yeah, let's go with the doctor's plan. <laughs> and it's also interesting to me how quick the doctor has a plan. Fight against company. What are they anyway? Who are they? What do they do? Nobody knows. Well, fine. Let's find out. Let's fight them anyway. So, call your, gather your friends. <laughs> Wake the kids, phone the neighbors. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much what it comes down to. <laughs> Tell your friends. Join the movement. Um, have we, we have seen that somewhat before this doctor maybe not this doctor what do you mean this inciting to fight against the oppressive um, forces first doctor uses it in uh, Dalek invasion of earth mm -hmm. and I'm not sure that that's the first time because he oh he gets the um, Khaled's the um, Thals to attack the Dalek city true true and can we go back to the Cave of Skulls? Does he get any of the tribe to attack anyone else? Nothing's occurring to me off the top sure. of my head. I'm not sure. I think they were just trying to survive on their own there and not have anyone, any of the tribe kill them for yeah. whatever imagined reason or not. Um but the second doctor as well, the example I could think of was the um, 
prototypes. They were using the people as um, testing, intelligence testing, mm. and until they, they started to rise up against the, the Krakan oppressors. And Just so trying to think of a third doctor um, example. It's difficult because they didn't travel as much. Didn't have unit. I mean, didn't yeah. incite anyone to fight against anyone there because he was working for the unit, the British government. Um, and let's face it, unit was kind of warmongering in a way. Yeah, so he was more the um, voice of. Well, you can't really call him pacifist, but no. he was just a, a voice against the. Um, the initial military solution, the initial we'll blow it out of the sky idea. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of one. Maybe, oh, well, Planet of Spiders, really. Oh, yeah, kind of. He gets them to storm storm the castle. Yeah. <laughs> With the scary spiders in it. Um, doesn't work. Your favorite episode. Oh, yes. Um, it doesn't work. Because they end up being taken over by the spiders that are in the castle um, and work for them. But he does get them to uh, to work together and band together and attack. So, just a, a, another example in a long line of interference mm-hmm. that the doctor is good at. Very good at. Yeah. Which is most of the episode. Don't you think? This one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Luba being... Steam queen? <laughs> I would say just being... Um, talking violently, I guess. Mm. You know, it's like... Yeah. Unhand me or I'll split you. <laughs> I'll split you. <laughs> And just saying things like to the, the executioner guy, like, you know, well, then I won't have to look at your ugly face anymore. Like, hmm, trash talk from the woman in the straitjacket. <laughs> yeah, she's still dangerous. Yes, yes, she is still dangerous. Which is why they have her, like, hanging from a wire from the wall. Yeah, pretty much. Is that Lila's equivalent of the strange hockey mask from Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> yeah, instead of strapping her to a, um, yeah, strapping her to a um, hand truck with the mask on, they've got her in a straight jacket hanging from a cable from the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she might eat your liver. I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah. She's very angry in this one. Last one, I think, too, but especially this one. Yeah. Well, she might but be rightly so. Yeah, not that she doesn't have reason. Um, but, you know, she's a cornered warrior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's slashing out every way she can. Yep, pretty much.
which is totally in character. Mm-hmm. Which is the character the doctor tries to rein in. True. Often enough. Yeah. Um, but they've been separated for some time now, and she's on her own and trying to, trying to take. She's trying to rescue him, and then he's <clears throat> got to rescue her, and that's kind of where we we end up in this one. Um, there's that kind of back and forth, keep missing each other, keep missing the rescue of each other. Yeah. very much else. Do you think Lula's being a little over the top, though? Or is that a bad thing? Even if she is. Yes, she is. It's probably not a bad thing. I tend to not like it so much, but Mm. that's just me. I'm not a trash-talking kind of person. That's true. So... The kind of talk big type stuff. It just kind of just makes me roll my eyes. <laughs> and I'm hearing it from this character, and I still have the same feeling. Eh. But I can understand why she's doing it. Is it a little much? Maybe. Not sure. It's a little much for me. Yeah. I'm not sure it would be so much more for over the top for other people. What do you think? I think she is. Yeah, but like you, I'm not sure that it's necessarily wrong. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Anything else? Any other... Well, we were talking about Lula being suspended from the wall they actually I don't think meant for you to see the wire that was holding her out I don't think they did but kind of it's like the wall is you know perpendicular to the floor and the wire is out from the wall and she's kind of um, at an angle hanging at an angle out Mm -hmm. so it just looks weird anyway I don't think seeing the wire is too much of a detriment because she must be suspended somehow. Yeah. So I can understand how they didn't they didn't want it to show and they point out that you can see it but I don't think it detracts from the scene like some other things where you can see something they didn't intend you to. Um, you know, something hanging from a wire like that. It's a model or something. You don't want to see those. But here I don't think it takes me away from it. Mm-mm. She's still being restrained. It's just in a, a very visually interesting way that she's hanging out from a um, perpendicular surface, which is just kind of an odd image. But I think it, it worked okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I See, I think some people get too hung up on, and I don't mean that as a pun, um... You know, they assume that you aren't supposed to see those wires because she must be 
hanging by some unseen force. Mm-hmm. Well, no, maybe they just hung her with wires. Yeah. You don't know. It's not stated anywhere in the scene. And it's still got to be uncomfortable for her. Yeah, you would think. She doesn't have any superpowers that she can levitate herself away from a wall. Mm-mm. You know, if she had that type of strength or stamina or you know muscle control, she'd probably get herself out of the straitjacket. You know. So it's just silly to think that she wasn't being held up somehow. Yeah. But other than that, which really wasn't a, a prop malfunction or issue, I don't know that I saw very many. The only one that I kind of saw was one of the soldiers, call them soldiers, that uh, canine shot. Uh-huh. When they flash back to him, he's moving on the floor. Oh. Just slightly. Like he forgot they had the cameras on or something. <laughs> Maybe it's that same guy who had that, the same yeah. extra in that scene that had to go press the button. Could have been. On his cue. Could have been. And he wasn't getting the cue to not move. Yeah. To play dead. Or play unconscious. Play down. <laughs> we call it that. Play that you've just been downed. Yeah. And don't move. <clears throat> oh, anything else? I don't think so. So, Lena's gonna get steamed. <laughs> she already is steamed. She's very angry. Careful or she'll split you. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the lamest <laughs> threats. I know. <laughs> um, I wonder, how did they come up with that method of execution? Steaming? Steaming. They must have a volcanic planet or something. Do they? Yes, maybe not. <laughs> Forgot it's Pluto, actually. Yeah. That's how little it's been mentioned. Yeah, the collector mentions it again. How did you find yourself here on Pluto, kind of, um, to Leela? He says, well, we didn't mean to come here. Did he mention it by name? Yeah. It, oh, okay. It's, or Plutonian or something like that. But he does kind of use the name. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that is a, a very... Um, disgusting method <laughs> of execution. You know, and, and um, sounds pretty painful and inhumane. Because, you know, you think of the, the guillotine as being inhumane and gory and horrible, and that, but it was meant to be a very quick death. True. It sounded really bloody because of the way, the mechanics of it. Right. But it was meant to be inhumane. Uh, Inhumane, I mean, that, um, you know, it was a quick death. Um, But we point that out as one of the gorier 
ways of uh, public execution. Um, and it's not what they intended at all. But I don't get the feeling with the steaming. I just can't find a reason that that would be a good way. <laughs> so suddenly the, the Plutonians have turned a really dark corner. <laughs> steaming people. Are they cannibals? Not that we've seen. Yeah, not that we know of. Um, well, they do keep the uh, the workers very scared and anxious, like prey. But you never know. So anyway, enough about their their means of execution. Um, she's on her way to in the chamber of steam and doctor and canine are heading to the rescue so we don't really get any new information at the end because we already knew she was in the chamber we already know that they're on their way to help her yeah so now we just know that the steam is beginning okay we knew they were starting anyway so I don't feel like we learned anything, any new little bit that's supposed to surprise us. Yeah, I, me neither. Not like we had any, any other examples in the story of that type of ending either. <laughs> yeah. It's not like uh, turn the corner right into somebody has a gun to the head, you know anything that we didn't already see before we ended you know we, we saw that she was already in the chamber or somebody was and they slide it in and it's, it's not the actress in there it's it's someone else I think they said but um, oh a stunt person yeah here. but then they so they have to have a close-up I guess of, of actual Leela in the chamber well, of course. Yeah. Just to prove she's still in there. So, you know, we know she's she's kind of in danger because, you know, what if they get there and uh, not in time and she has steam burns, you know. That's her. She'd have them all over, too, in that yeah. outfit. Yes, she would. Um, yeah, so, yeah, she's still in danger. That's not a, a big change so I guess it's a fine place to end um, yeah better I guess well more suspenseful to end on her still being in danger than to end on say canine blasting the valve open or something like that to get her out that's mm. that's where you start that's not where you should end so yeah it was fine that they ended where they did because that's how they're going to need to continue <laughs> when we start again <laughs> true so, that's all I got that's more than I hear <laughs> it's a, just a so-so story yeah it's the politic ones that 
still do much for me. Mm-hmm. And this one started a politic one and became a uh, running around one, like usual mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Fun of social. By him, I mean. Social revolution. Robert too. Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting into social upheaval. Yeah. Um, not just the political motivations. Just as much as I don't like these, it's funny because I really didn't think that I would like it when I first started watching it, but at that point, I would watch any British television that I could get on the PBS station and started to see Yes Minister. Mm. Yeah. And I don't really care for political um, programs, but um, I it. do enjoy Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. That's because Bernard it's cracks awesome. me up. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the machinations in that are just hysterical, uh, how they come around. Um, yeah. I guess I just don't like it in science fiction yeah. as much. Yeah. Well, and I think they try to make the government too bizarre in a lot of ways. I know they're trying for an exaggeration of an existing government. Mm-hmm. But I think they just take it that step too far where it's a government that could never have evolved. Mm-hmm. Governments evolve, let's be honest. They, they don't spring fully formed. Right. They start with something and then it gets modified pretty quickly. Yeah. There's very little reason to believe this sort of government would ever happen. Mm-hmm. That it would ever come from something else. Yet yeah. we're expected to believe it did because here we see it in action. Yes. yes. The history student in me would agree to that, agree with that. Yeah. But uh, since we've been, we've not mentioned our our three big sci-fi influences in this our episode yet um however when you look at the actual works themselves like 1984 mm-hmm. when you know he wrote that it was 1948 after world war Two, right and so it was very um much more probable a depiction of say stalinist russia that was coming into power um, of that it could be something that could grow from that, it extrapolate out and be an actual, you know, warning for that type of thing not to happen. You know, whereas this is, you know, like you said, something that would not evolve into yeah. where we are in this story <clears throat> with these, um, with the Plutonians here. That the Orwellian society was kind of seemed to be a real danger because of what he took it and how he went with it. Yeah, but even that's an exaggeration. Yeah, but I don't. Maybe think less so. Yeah, but I guess that was my point. It was less of an exaggeration. And enough maybe that's why an, I like it a lot better than I like yeah, this. It was enough of an exaggeration. To show his point. Yeah. And 
from what he based it on, it was seemed to be maybe a remote possibility, but it still could. There was still a little bit that, you know, yeah, this might be possible. Look at Eastern Europe, you mm. know. Yeah. Join us tomorrow as we try to finish up this story when we watch episode four of The Sunmakers. Still don't know why. No. <laughs> so join us then and thank you for listening.